Now it's all right. We pray that through um, just this gathering we have today, through our time of connecting, through discussion, through our listening to the teaching, through just sharing our prayers and our thanks in the end, that each of us will find a way to just feel knit and close and a mesh together with one another, that we sense each other's love and the love of God just in a special and a new place today. We ask that you keep our minds and hearts open to new ideas and new thoughts that we're receptive, we're ready to receive and grow and um, be empowered for what might be next in our lives. We pray right now. Amen. I miss you all. It's been too long, like a month. I figured I'd wear a white shirt so the remnants of my fading tan would still be there to make you jealous since it's so freaking cold here. What did I come back to? What are you guys doing? Rainy and cold? Where's the fall? Where's like the 65 to 70 with the sun and the gentle breeze and the leaves falling everywhere and looking beautiful? Like the leaves are looking good, but they fall when the rain like pummels them and like knocks them to their butt. We're going to switch that up. I'm hoping to pray in better fall. Like we cannot go from this right to winter. Like that just can't happen. But it's still going. All right. So I want to talk about... um, uh, living in the present this morning, because I think it's one of the most powerful things that happened on my time away. Um, Indonesia, the meditation retreat, it was fantastic. It was way more in-depth um, and connecting me spiritual than I thought it would be as well. But anytime you're that silent and that like tuned in, like you just find, um, find some amazing truths, find some empowerment, like uh, sensing God's spirit within you. So strong and not that it's not there that strong it's just we get so distracted with other things and so I want to talk about that distraction a little bit this morning Um, because it's something that I've been kind of fighting against and the moments I succeed are the most amazing moments and the moments that I'm struggling with it are definitely these lows of like what am I doing and how long have I lived this way and what's going on Um, so I went to Bali um, and uh, I'm usually a planner. I usually do not like to just wing it. I like to be like, here's where I want to go. Here's what I want to do. Uh, but I like ran out of time to plan like everything. And so like I showed up, I had no idea like where I was going to sleep that night. And I'm, I get in like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, well, all right, this place looks close. It's cheap. They still have availability. Take me here. And that's how it started with just this random... This is what's going on. It was definitely um, the next day just something popped up. I would meet someone or it just felt like, I think I should go here. Remember the first time I was in was a little more touristy. It's close to the airport and I had a great time surfing that morning. But then I'm like, man, the rest of this, there's the people are beautiful, but there are so many tourists here and it's a little more busy than I like. And I wanted something a little more remote um, side of the island to get to and... Uh, I just was having breakfast at my hostel and looked up, and there's a bus to this town that uh, the meditation retreat's going to be in at the end of the week, but it's supposed to be just a great place, a lot more quiet, um, peaceful. It's like their food capital, so I'm like, why not? Like, this is the place to go. And so, like, 15 minutes before this bus is supposed to leave, I buy a ticket, and they're like, I don't know if there's room. And they call, and like, okay, you better pack quick. So I pack up, and Off I am, and two hours later, I'm in this next town, again with no place to stay. Um, I met someone on the bus there that told me about the hostel they were staying at, and there was my next night. 
Um, but it's interesting. So quickly, like I didn't realize how much I'm liking this, and I'm like, I better start doing my planning now that I finally got to where I need to go, and I find like five things I want to do, and like see and and get into, and I'm like, I can't do all five of these things, and then I'm stressing out about like which one do I not do, and. I'm like, you know what? This one looks the best. I'm just going to do this one tomorrow. I might not be able to see it all, but whatever. And so I go to the place to get the bus ticket to this, and they have, like, um, tour packages that he shows me. And they have, like, 12 tour packages, but one of them has every single one of the spots I wanted to hit and, like, two other ones. And it's, like, a dollar more than just my bus ticket to the other town. I'm like, well, shoot, this is the spot to go next, I guess. And I hit them all in one day, and it was amazing. And really, the town I'd chosen as my favorite that I wanted to see was my least favorite part of that day, where I'm like, oh, man, if I would have rented a bike and tried to make it all the way out here, and, like, this is what I got only for the day, like, it would have been so much different than this amazing day. Um, The other thing that was really wild is I think I was really trusting God on this, too, and like looking for something different, really looking for connections with people. Um, this is my first time traveling alone, and I really liked my alone time, but I also wanted to make connections. And this one trip, this one tour, everybody who was on the tour just, well, there was uh, there was just something connecting all of us, and it was great. There was about eight of us on this tour that went, and really two of them are probably going to be best friends for life. We've been talking again since. It was like a cousin that was long lost or something, and we spent that evening talking till way too late and had breakfast the next day before I was on to something else. But there, this being open and aware of opportunities that were right in front of me instead of over-planning things and missing them started becoming so revelant, um, revealing to me. There were so many people that were like, oh, that sounds like so much fun. I wish we could go with you guys and do that, but we have plans made already. Like, we already booked this and then at the end of the night they're like how was your thing like ah, it was all right i'm like yeah when did you plan that like two months ago like from some rickety operation that you don't know like when you're until you're on the ground and see what's going on but so many times like not making plans allowed me to do so much more and experience so many more things uh i get to this meditation retreat and the first thing they say is i want you to give yourself a gift of not planning anything, not thinking about the future, not trying to find any answers. I'm like, that's why I'm here, though. Like, what? Like, all right, I'll give myself that gift. We'll just play with this. We'll just be in this moment. And man, the conversations that were able to be had, or even just the times of clarity when I got still in meditation, it was so fantastic. And so I I have this three weeks of like living in the moment. Finally, Luke the planner, the anxious futurist who wants everything down to the jot and tittle of what's going on is like figuring out how to live in the moment. And it's amazing. And I fly from Bali and I go to New Orleans to visit my best friend from high school. And I just, it's like culture shock. You go from one place that's just peaceful, nothing matters, this is great, to like people that are just like, let me suck every drop of gluttony and whatever out of life. And it was really hard. And I struggled for the first half the week. There's like a miserable struggle. I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, this is horrible. I'm talking to a friend on the phone, and she says, well, what's the lesson you're learning from this? Like, this seems like quite the dramatic difference. You're probably here for a purpose as well. And it really comes back to me getting quiet again and being like, I'm, I'm trying to make my situation different again. I'm not living in the moment again. I'm wishing I was somewhere else. I was wishing I was with different people. I was wishing for something completely opposite, and I'm not paying attention to where I am. I'm in a beautiful city with amazing food and culture. And I'm just looking at the wrong stuff, wanting to be somewhere else, and it's driving me bonkers. I mean, I was miserable. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling good about being here. I don't want to be here. I was even thinking, I'm like, I'm just going to book a ticket back. Like, this is, 
I can't be in this city anymore. Like this is, this is rough. And it's amazing how you just start to switch how you're looking at things, how it changes and the opportunities that started popping up again then. And um, again, good conversations and just this peace. It allowed me and my friend to have some really deep conversations that have really needed to happen between the two of us. And uh, we ended up really enjoying this moment of being in the city together. But I had, to, I had to keep pulling myself back to it instead of wanting to be somewhere else or wanting to plan what's next or freaking out about what was going to happen in a few days when I'm coming back off of my time away, like bringing myself back into what's going on. Now, a lot of you, even before this, like the beginning of the year, I had some major anxiety problems, like just freaking out about what's next or what am I supposed to do or just fearful about stuff. And again, this is just this futuristic thinking for me. I'm just so far ahead. I'm not allowed to look at who's sitting next to me or what's going on or what I can really enjoy about life right now. I open up this message as I'm complaining about the weather in Minneapolis right now. And then I'm constantly like, okay, Luke, just enjoy this somehow. Like, pull it together. Like, don't wish for something else again. But it's amazing. Like, now that I'm paying so much attention to this, it's amazing how much this is like a yo-yo effect. I am all day long, these moments of like, shoot, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to be somewhere else. I'm trying to have something else than what's in front of me right now. I'm thinking about way too many steps in the future instead of being right here. The interesting thing, though, is as I started going into teachings, the scriptures, the inspiration that was brought to me. It was all about this, but it was also about experiencing God, the kingdom of God among us right now, and even the kingdom of heaven like right now was like tied to these things so um, tightly that it really just bloomed into something else. There's something that just came alive that I started understanding more and wanted to talk about. So have you ever got up uh, so caught up just planning for the future that you can't live in the moment, or you, you want to be somewhere else right now. You thought you wanted to go to this party, or you thought you were okay going to work today, or this meeting, or whatever the heck it is, and you're just like, I just can't be anywhere else. The flip side of this is the person who is, keeps thinking about what they either screwed up or what they wish happened yesterday, and it just keeps them spiraling in the past. Like, man, I wish things were like this. I got a buddy from high school that was in a punk rock band that I, I, it's so hard to talk to him because every time I talk to him, what if we would have stayed together? And you're like, dude, that was like 20-some years ago. Like, you're still reliving this, like, teenage boy dream. Like, you need to, like, have, like, someone slap you, spiritually slap you or something to just get your head out of that. And, like, where are you right now? What's great? What's going on? Jesus says in the scriptures, why are you anxious? Can anxiety add one more day to your life? In Matthew 6, 34, it says, Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is large enough task for today. And again, this in the message is really interesting. It says, get your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Your entire attention. What is going on right now? What's going on in you? What's going on in this room? What's going on around us? Get our entire attention on this. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I'm going to take us on a little path of looking at a few things that are going to start pointing to uh, this idea of, of the only way to maybe experience God is to be in the present and us trying to be in the future or wishing we were somewhere else or get a dwelling on the past. All it is is pulling us from the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Like it's pulling us away from the reality of the kingdom of God that's among us right now that we can experience and it's, it's just taking us somewhere else. I want to read this whole part in Matthew um, 
starting at verse 25 to 34. I'm not going to put on the screen, but uh, just listen to this a little bit. And, and think of it in like ter- a little bit different terms, because we normally talk about these verses where it talks about the birds and the flowers and like, the, oh, what do I need and what's going on? But think of it beyond just needs. Like even though it talks about clothes or food, like think about just life in general. You worried about what you need. Maybe your career that you wish you had or the appreciation from others or you wish your love relationship would look differently or your kids would be acting differently. What are we wishing for that we don't have, that we're trying for, that we think we need? And let these verses maybe speak to that to go above and beyond just food and clothing because it starts with food and clothing because those are the basics. Those are the, the dumb things to worry about. And it's like, obviously we shouldn't worry about this, but it should spell out to even more obvious we shouldn't be freaking out about so much other stuff. Here's the bottom line. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about how you'll clothe your body. Living is more about merely eating, and the body is more about dressing it up. Look at the birds in the sky. They don't store food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They don't sow or reap, and yet they're always fed because your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are even more precious than a beautiful bird. If God looks after them, of course, He will look after you. Worrying does not do any good. Who here can claim to even add one hour to their life by worrying? Nor should we worry about our clothes. Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't weave or sew, yet the garments are stunning. And think about the grassy fields that are here now but will be dead by winter. And yet God adorns them so radiantly. How much more will he clothe you, ye of little faith? Have you no trust? And the sentence right here as we're going through this is, ye of little faith, have you no trust? This is like this mantra that's going through my mind right now because every time I'm slipping into, I don't want to be here right now. I want to be somewhere else or I don't want things to look like this. Why can't they look like this? Or I need to prepare for this future that I think is just going to make me feel so amazing if I get there. It's pulling me back to this. Do I trust what God is doing right now is getting me there or do I not trust and I'm trying to figure out all the details and freaking myself out? And it might not be fear. It just might be, it might be excitement. Have you ever been so excited for a vacation or that next job that's all you're thinking about? Um, I got ADHD, so I already have trouble with crap like this, and I get something I'm excited about, and then I'm even worse. It's not just I lost my keys once. I've lost my keys and my wallet, and I thought I was wearing glasses, and like, where did I put all this stuff? And it's not even just, be, it's just because I'm so excited and so focused on something else that I don't even know where I am. Or I'll be driving, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I thought I was going to work, and I'm like, at the grocery store, and like, how did I even get here? Like, my brain just checks out because I'm living in such a different moment. But this, this verse brings me back here. Do I have trust in God? Verse 31, it says, Don't consume yourself with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that God knows exactly what we need. 33 here says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be given to us as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. So I guess my question as I read this is what is trust look like to me when I'm thinking about presence and being here right now and not wishing things to be different, not wishing them to be like they were 10 years ago uh, when I didn't have the beer belly that I adorned today or not wishing them to be the high school band or who knows what, Mia when she was two and cute and running around and now she's 20 and way too cute still and now I'm just like fingers crossed like... Just kidding. Um, Or the future where I'm just preoccupied with dreams and hopes and goals that just 
catch my attention so much that I don't know what's right around me at the moment. So many of us, and I think it's, I believe it's a little bit of a detriment to how we portray heaven as Christians or as followers of Jesus as this future place that we're trying to attain to. But if you look at the writings of Jesus, he doesn't talk about heaven in his majority of things. Is this like, you'll get there sometimes. He's trying to pull us back to heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is already among you. If you practice these things, you're going to miss out on the kingdom of heaven that's already among you. If you're living in the future and worried about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, you're missing out on the kingdom of heaven that's already among us. If we're freaked out about the past or our performance or, oh, I'm such a horrible person or I'm a sinner, I'm a whatever, you're missing out on the kingdom of heaven that's right around us. We're missing out on God's energy. We're missing out on the people. We're missing out on the power that's happening and something right here because we're not here. We're somewhere else. We're in a fictional place that doesn't exist, that causes anxiety or causes depression because we're wanting something other than what God has actually put right in front of us because we don't trust that maybe this is exactly what we need for right now. Or maybe someone that's around us, they exactly need what we have to give. Maybe it's a hug, maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's just the telling the truth about what life's been like right now. But we're, we're wishing we were somewhere else and it just pulls us away from the kingdom of God that's right among us. And I believe the past and the future become this hellish way to exist if we're only living there or there because it, it's just causing us to not actually live. We're just dreaming. We're, we're in our, our head somewhere else. And it's fun to dream. I really like it. But it's, it's that brain wants to be in control and it wants to pull you into other places that you're not instead of your spirit that's like, just pull it back in, Luke. Right here. What's going on right now? Salvation is now, not a point in the future. It's not this, I'm going to get there, I can attain it. Right? There's so much about you're already forgiven. Stop thinking God's mad at you. He's, he's got you in his hand. He's, he's going to take care of you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be freaking out about what's going on. There's so much about it's already among you. Just open your eyes to this reality. The only reality that's actually real is now, yet Sometimes spirituality has this pushing for this, oh, if I act this way, maybe more people will experience this. If I, in the future, do this, maybe I will have a better experience. We're so pulled to this future experience of heaven or divine that it is constantly taking away from the only heaven that we're experiencing, which is right now, which is right in front of us, the only kingdom of God that we can tangibly touch, that we know concretely exists because we can experience it right now. It's not this argument we can have about what it looks like or what it's going to be because that heaven doesn't exist. It's not there yet. It's a, it's a place that we're inventing or trying to make up. We don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but we know right now we can experience something together that is beautiful, that can inspire us, that can heal broken, painful parts of our life and make us feel so complete and so loved and so part of God's family and kingdom. It's amazing. I see so many verses uh, that, that are trying to pull us back into this, this living right now and not future expanding, that I think maybe we got to pause some of our, these ideas of, of, of looking to a future heaven and start to be like, where is it already among me? What if this is the fullness of what you can experience? What if we get to the end and maybe there is some kind of like, I don't know, we're sitting around Jesus and God's like, all right, uh, this was great. Um, we just all enmesh into one, like, 
divine loving spirit and he's in your and everyone was like wait i thought there was this like unique like heaven experience he's like yeah i gave that to you your whole flipping life and you just kept being like oh i can't wait till i get there and he's like you're already there come on like let's stop wishing for something that's right in front of you and just start slowing down and like enjoying this moment i don't know what tomorrow looks like or what that is but i know that obsessing about it or even dialoguing about it is is at times taking us away from experiencing it right now. And that's where I'm like, maybe we need to start really focusing on what that divine energy, what that spirit of God is saying on the inside of us right now, trying to feel it. Like I, I, I hear um, relatives talk about, oh my God, I'm so excited to you know, go to the great beyond. Like the feeling of peace, the feeling like we'll just all be, like you can have that stuff right now. Close your eyes. Listen to the inside. Invite the Spirit of God to bring awareness of you, of the peace that's already there, and feel it dwelling in you. you can, if you spend time doing this, not five minutes in a commercial break, if you honestly look for this, you can find it. I spent a week in meditation, and you start looking for this divine energy in you, the peace of God in you, and it's overwhelming the amount of just fullness you can feel if we just slowed down and took time to realize that God is already here. Everything we need, not just clothes, not just the food, but the peace you've been seeking after, the fulfillment, that feeling of love and connectedness, that it's, it's, it's here and we can experience so much of it. I want to go into even some other voices on this. Um, Meister Eckhart is a, um, from the 1200s, a uh, Christian mystic who gets... Some people love him. Some people hate him. I love the guy. I found his writings at the beginning of this year and just am addicted. But he says, time is what's, what keeps the light from reaching us. There's no greater obstacle to God than time. If we're, if we're not here right now, if we're trying some timetable, if we're trying to live in the past of what should have been or what could have been or what we were so excited about and wanting to remake that again, uh, Luke at 30 had so much fun, but that doesn't mean that Luke at 40 in less than a month is going to have any less fun or experience any less life. Or maybe he will if he keeps wishing things are less. Or maybe Luke at 30 had no idea how to live in the present, and so now that I'm finally focusing on that, I get to experience a fullness in a life that I'd never imagined possible. Um, oh, this is not Johnny Appleseed. That's the default. This is Rumi, but he says past and future. <laughs> Sorry, I must have missed that on the slide. They give you like the default slide. It's like, put a quote here. And then like, who's it by? Johnny Appleseed. And I guess I missed taking that out. <laughs> Past and future, veil God from our sight. Burn up both of them with fire. They veil God. They, they, it's like a foggy mirror, you could say, which the scripture talks about. That we live in this time and this moment where it seems like we're looking through fog and through a mirror at trying to understand where God is. But we're also looking for something instead of experiencing what's right around us here right now. I, um, I think that belief in a future heaven could possibly create a current hell as well. If we look at... Um, um, communism and uh, when it started to rise this like we're all in this together the state is going to take care of everyone like the ideas behind it, if you read Marx's writing the ideas behind it are fantastic like yeah let's live together this is going to be this is a great idea but to to make the world better for all these people 50 million people estimated died in the cause for communism to bring it about to bring about a better world for someone else 
And you'd be like, oh, the communists. Yeah, but think about like the Christian crusades. Like, oh, we just need to tell you about God, so we're going to kill you if you don't. To bring you into this future heaven, we're going to cause all this bloodshed and destruction. And they say that the, the mean estimate is 1.7 million people died in this cause to bring the glory of God to more people, like just to make your life a little better. Like this future, like you need what I have, and I'm going to bring it to you at some point and get you there. We're, we're destroying people. This is how, how twisted our future concept of what goodness is and what people need instead of realizing what's already here. This constantly looking for something in the future can make our lives just a living hell at times. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. This is where I think it gets fun. So there's two paths set before us, and you may only take one. One doorway is narrow and one is wide. Go through the narrow door, for the wide door leads to a wide path, and the wide path is broad. The wide, broad path is easy, and the wide, broad path, easy path, man, they make this hard, has many, many people on it. But the wide, broad, easy, crowded path leads to death. Now then, there's a narrow door that leads to a narrow road that in turn leads to life. I heard this quoted by a non Jesus following person about being in the present and about how easy it is just to live in the future or the past. Like this, like it's just the crowded one where everyone is living for tomorrow. If my house looks like this, if I can get to this job, if I can get to this accreditation, if I can get my family to look just like this, or my Christmas picture to line up like this, or um, I see it in people that buy it, they're, they're so excited they buy a new house. And they spend like five years fixing this house up. Like all I remember them doing is fixing a house for five years. And at the end of the five years, they sell the house because they have a dream of something better. And you're like, you never enjoyed that house. Never once do I remember us like really kicking back for more than like a labor day and like enjoying it. You spent the whole time fixing and we were never in there. Or um, people who are about to have a new baby and then they start freaking about all the life changes they need to make before the baby comes. And instead of enjoying being single finally or being just together without a baby for this last nine months, all it is is pr- like chaotic preparation. And you're like, you missed this beautiful moment to enjoy yourselves. Like, not that we can't plan or we can't look, but if that's what, that's what makes us up and we miss these moments, like it's, it's completely different. Or I see people like when I was in Bali on vacation and they just have this list of everything they want to hit and you're like, how many temples you got to see before you're like, I saw a bunch of temples and you just want to like sit back, eat the food a little slower, listen to those waves, listen to the locals talk to you about what's going on. Like there's just a way to slow down and enjoy what's going on. Or there's a way that sucks you in that like, no, 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 no. Let's get busy. Let's start planning. Let's look for something else that's going to make us happy instead of realizing, man, what else do I really need? They had this uh, mantra that they would tell us when you're in meditation. It's a random time. They'd be like, I want you to think right now. Your eyes would be closed. You're in this deep space of like, okay, I'm, I'm really peaceful. This is great. And they'd be like, look at yourself now. Like, is there anything else you really need? Like all those things you think you need to be happy. Like what's really missing right now? And it really, like when you're in that place, you're like, man, there isn't. I can go to this place where I don't need anything else. Like it's me and the Spirit of God just connected and at peace. And I don't need anything else. And I forget when I start looking because someone tells me, oh, you don't have this yet. Like by, how old are you right now? 29, yeah, you're almost on 30. By 30, Keenan, there's like a list of things you should have done or accomplished or have in your life by the time you turn 30. How are you doing on that list? And you're like, how am I doing on that list? Like, maybe I should see that list. Like, these do look like good things. Maybe I should have them. Why don't I have them? What have I been doing wrong? 
shit, I got to get started on this list. Like, crap. Like, it's just this, this system of going and said, can we have spaces where we draw us back in and be like, what is God doing this morning among us? Who's sitting next to us right now? What do they have that I need? What do they have that I can, what do I have that I need to give to them? What right now, not this next week. Oh yeah, I'll text them and tell them it was great to see them. Or we should get something on the schedule sometime. Like, no, right now. Like embrace for a little bit too long. Like make sure you find out what's going on in each other's lives because we have this. We have this moment where we're coming together under the same mindset. We want to be reminded of God with us. Not God at some point will show up or show up better if we're better or show up less if we're worse. It's, he's in his fullness right now. We cannot screw this up. There's no more of God that we can experience right now or less than he's here. It's just us getting distracted. It's that veil that we're getting involved in. So what does this look like for you in your life? Are you trying to get somewhere in the future? Do you have this sentence like, I'm, I've got this goal and I'm, I'm looking forward to it so much. I'm, life is going to be amazing when I hit this or when I get this thing. I'm just so excited about it. Like, it's just going to make me so much happier. I bought this like camping hammock. It's like got like down baffling so you never get like cold in it. And it is the tiniest package. I don't know where they get this mystical material from that these people are inventing these days, but there's so much that packs into this little thing. And so last October, I went camping with Dan and froze my butt off and come back and see this thing on Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, I'm buying that. I need more outdoor life in my life. So, and this will let me be outside in colder temperatures. And it was supposed to ship in March. I just got it yesterday. I was so excited to get it, like so excited. But man, was I thinking about, man, if that hammock shows up, then I can be outside more. Like when that hammock gets here, I'm going to go camping more or I'm going to sleep in the yard every night. I don't even need to be inside. I don't need a porch because I'll have my hammock. And so is this this future? Like for me, it was this hammock. And when it shows that I got it, I'm like, well, now it's rainy and cold and it's winter. And I guess I'll use it in the springtime. I didn't just do that. I actually set it up outside and was like out there forever reading and just cozy and snug as a bug in my new hammock. But like it got me thinking again how much I've been wishing for this darn hammock to be here. And, and it took forever and it finally was. And I'm like, was it worth any worrying or do I just not care? Because if you go online to the Kickstarter page, there were people like freaking out. Where the hell is this thing? Like I'm supposed to be outside right now. Just going like way meaner than you'd ever imagine. You're like, it's okay. It's Kickstarter. There's some guy in his basement. Like Making like 160 hammocks. We, you honestly thought March was like doable? Like I looked at that date originally and I was like, we'll see. Like that's pretty optimistic. But so what is it for you though? What are you hoping happens tomorrow that's going to bring a little more happiness? And what maybe is happening around you right now that we might be missing out on because of that? For me, meditation is such a big piece that has brought me into the here and now. The first thing it's taught me is to watch my thoughts and to realize how many times they're like hoping for something else. Wishing, hoping, something else and trying to draw me into that like, oh, if it was only. Or even in the exciting part. Maybe it's not a sad if it was only. It's like, ooh, I can't wait for this to happen. Instead of like, what's happening right here? My daughter moved out of the house this summer. Like, I did have a great last year with her, but like... uh, I don't want to miss those moments. I remember when she was first born. Like I was like, oh, we need more money probably. And I got a second job. I worked nights at the beginning. And for like two years, I worked nights all the time. And I was like, what am I do? What did this money actually get us that I got extra of? It didn't get us anywhere except I didn't get to spend this time with her. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. It's not worth chasing, having a little more money to miss out on all these moments. And so like I, I purposed and it got stronger every year. Like, okay, 
we're still hanging out. We're going on our breakfast dates or whatever together and spending time together. It's just such a, like, I don't want to miss out on that because I'm looking forward to or planning or doing something else. But it gets me in this thought process where I start watching my thoughts instead of just getting consumed by them, where I'm like, okay, I am thinking a lot of stuff. Like, hmm. It also pulls me into the present to be like, how do I feel right now? Am I good? Am I feeling amazing? Am I stressed? Am I anxious? Uh, depression lets you know that maybe you're thinking a little bit about the past too much. Anxiety is you're thinking way too much about the future. Peace really comes with this moment of being like, yeah, I'm okay with things where they're at right now. And okay means that we trust God that whether they're going to change or not, that he is with us for that, and we're trusting that they're going to change. I had the most amazing trip in Bali because I was taking it just like, I'm just going to trust that the next thing I need to do is going to show up. And it was just like, boom, there it is. Like, really? We're going to do that? Like, all right, let's go for it. Um, I wanted to go sailing this one night there. And I go online, there's no people that offer any kind of sailing. And they're like, you should talk to a fisherman. I'm walking, I don't see any fishermen. I'm only in this town for like two days. I ended up having a talk with my guy who runs this little house that I'm staying at, the Airbnb, and he's like, I think I know someone. Like, I'll get back to you this afternoon. I don't hear from him, like, that afternoon. The next day, I'm like, ah, he probably didn't find it. I'm finding other things. All of a sudden, he's like, you still ready? Like, because he's leaving in, like, 20 minutes if you want to do it. I'm like, oh, I actually was just thinking I have absolutely nothing going on right now. And here's this guy. He takes me out fishing, and it was amazing. He's got this little rickety sailboat that you'd never imagine could go as fast as he got that thing going. And that night... There's like a volcano that's right behind us. I've never seen a sunset this beautiful. The color palette of the purples and the reds and green, greens and blues. And you're just like, what in the world? And this is the random night. I wanted to go sailing the night before, but this is the night it happened. And this is, I've never seen anything like this before. And it just feels like this divine gift of like, you trusted. You just gave up on planning and you trusted. And look what can happen if you just relax and trust. When I was having anxiety and freaking out, my therapist gave me this thing to do to kind of pull me back into the moment. She calls it the 54321 because it gets us back into our senses and back into what's going on right now. She says, what are five things that you can see right now that stand out to you in the place that you're at? What are four things that you can hear right now? What are three things that you can touch? Two things that you can smell? And what taste is prevalent to you right now? It just brings you right back into like what is happening right now. I like to expand it as who's around me right now that I might need or they might need me. And then when I was in this meditation retreat, they taught us to go quiet and to start feeling the energy of God on the inside of you, to close your eyes and to physically feel the spark, that divine spirit of God in you. Maybe where do you feel it? Can you feel it all through your body? And try to increase that. Not increase the, 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 the power because it's, it's there in its fullness, but increase your awareness of it. Can you feel it permeating your body? Can you feel it so much that it's overflowing out of you and it has to go into the people around you? Because so much of what they were teaching is that you've got to get your cup to overflowing and give from overflowing. Not just fill it a little bit and empty it out. Feel it a little bit and then spend that again, like this gas tank that's going, but this gas tank that's overflowing, this energy of the divine, the spirit of God on the inside of your awareness is so strong that God is with me. He's fused with me, that it is pouring out of me and I can't do anything about it. And so I have moments in these meditations in the mornings when I get this feeling and then during the day if I feel stressed or I feel like I'm just racing, I just pull it back in and be like, can I feel that again? Like it's there. And it's trying to kind of have that awareness with me no matter what I'm doing. If I'm eating dinner, if I'm at work, if I'm going, I have this awareness of that God is present with me right now. And that's all that matters is that power, that energy, that spirit of God is with me right now. Um, 
Wow, I talked for too long. I'm sorry. But anyway, I haven't been here in a while, so I get to do whatever I want. Let's pray, and then we'll go into discussion questions. I wasn't even looking at the time, but um, thank you that you are present with us, God, right now in your fullest capacity possible, that you can't love us any less or love us any more than what is poured out in each of us that is fused to our spirits in each of us right now. We just ask for new awareness of the Spirit of God on the inside of us, that energy, that life force, that love, that light that permeates us, that we would be able to see that it is overflowing, that it is radiating from us and touching every person we come in contact with. We just ask for tools and ideas as we're dialoguing about this on how to bring awareness more into our life, to live now and not just some anticipated future or the dread of past mistakes, but we'd finally be able to forgive ourselves from that and just to live in what's going on right now. We pray this right now. Amen.